Chapter 212 of Varney the Vampire, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Varney the Vampire, Volume 3, by Thomas Prescott Priest. Chapter 212. The Apparition in the Church. Will Stevens Swoon the Morning. For some minutes, Will Stevens continued to gaze in the empty coffin, as if there were something peculiarly fascinating in it, and most attractive, and yet nothing was in it, no vestige, even of the vestments of the dead. If Clara Crofton had herself risen, and left the vault, it was quite clear she had taken with her apparel of the grave. Will had thought that if he found the coffin empty, all his fears would vanish, and that he should be able to come at once to the conclusion that she had become the prey of resurrectionists. But new ideas, as he gazed at that abandoned receptacle of the dead, began to creep across him. I... I don't know, he muttered, but she may in a ghost-like kind of way be going about. I don't know whether ghosts is corpse or not. I... I wish I was out of this. The idea of spreading the sawdust in the vault now completely left him. All he thought of was to get away, and the dread that Clara Crofton was perhaps hiding somewhere and might come suddenly out upon him with a yell got so firm a hold of him that several times he thought he should faint with excess of terror. That would be too horrible, he said. I am sure I should go mad, mad, mad. He retreated backward to the stairs, for the coffin, empty though it was, held his gaze with a strange kind of fascinating power. He thought that if he turned round something would be sure to lay hold of him. It was a most horrifying and distressing idea that, and yet he could not conquer it. Of course he must turn round. It would be an awkward thing to attempt descending the staircase short as it was, backward so he felt the necessity of turning his back upon the vault. I, I will do so, he thought, and then make such a rush up the steps that I shall be in the church in a moment. I... I can surely do that, and, and after all, it's nothing really to be afraid of. It's only a matter of imagination, after all. Oh, yes, that's all. I, I will do that. He put his notable scheme into execution by turning suddenly round and making a dash at the stairs. But as people generally do things badly, when they do them in a hurry, he stumbled when about halfway and felt himself at the mercury of the whole of the supernatural world. Have mercy on me, he cried. I am going. Have mercy on me. He had struck the lantern so hard against the stone stairs that he had broken it into fragments, and now all was intense darkness around him. He gave himself up for lost. He lay, expecting each moment to feel some dead bony fingers clutching him, and he only groaned, thinking that surely now his last hour was come, and it is a wonder that his fancy, excited as it was, did not conjure up to him the very effect he dreaded, but it did not do so, strange to say, and he lay for full five minutes without anything occurring to add to his terrors. Then he began gradually to recover. 
if if he gasped i could not reach the church i i think i should be safe yes i should surely be safe in the body of the church have mercy on me good ghosts i never harmed any of you i i respect you very much indeed i do let me go and i'll never say a light word of any of you again no never if i were to live for a thousand years as he uttered these words he crawled up the remaining stairs and to his great satisfaction made his way fairly to the church but then a new surprise if it was not exactly a new fright perhaps it was something of both awaited him the curtain that had been as he had observed when he was walking down the aisle closely drawn across the large south window was now drawn on one side so that a large portion of that window was exposed and the north wind having chased away by the time entirely the damp clouds the moon was sailing in a cloudless sky and sending into the old church a glorious flood of light what a change said will stevens it was indeed a change the church was alight as day save in some places where shadows fell and they in contrast to the silvery lightness of the moonbeams were of a jetty blackness but still let the moon shine ever so brightly there is not that distinctness and freshness of outline produced as in the direct daylight a strange kind of hazy vapor seems to float between the eye and all objects an indistinctness and mysteriousness of aspect which belongs not to the sun's unreflected rays thus it was that although the church was illuminated by the moon it had a singular aspect and would scarcely have been recognized by any one who had only seen it by the mild searching light of day but of course will stevens the sexton knew it well and as he wiped the perspiration from his face he said what a relief to get out of that vault and to find now that the night has turned out so fair and beautiful i i begin to think i have frightened myself more than i need have done but it was that coffin lid that did the business i wasn't my own man after that but now that i have got out of the vault i feel quite different oh quite another thing suddenly then it occurred to him that the curtain had been close on the window when he came into the church and following upon that thought came another namely that it could not very well remove itself before the casement and that consequently some hands mortal or ghostly must have done that part of the business here there was ample food again for all his fears and will stevens almost on the instant relapsed into his former trembling and nerveless state what shall i do he said it ain't all over yet what will become of me there's something horrid going to happen i feel certain and that curtain has only been drawn aside to let the moonlight come in for me to see it with the painful expectation of his eyes being blasted by some horrible sight he glared round him but he saw nothing although the dense little mass of pews before him might have hidden many a horror his next movement was to turn his eyes to the gallery and all round it he carried them until he came to the window again but he saw nothing who knows he muttered who knows after all but that the wind in some odd sort of way may have blown the curtain on one side i 
I wish I had the courage to go up to the gallery and see, but I, I don't think I should like to do that. He hesitated. He knew that it would sound well on the morrow for him to be able to say that he went up, and yet it was rather a fearful thing. Ahem, he said at length, is anyone here? As he made his inquiry, he took care to keep himself ready to make a dart out at the door into the churchyard, but as there was no response to it, he was a little encouraged. The gallery staircase was close to where he stood, and after the not unnatural hesitation of a few moments more, he approached him and began slowly to ascend. Nothing interrupted him. All was profoundly still, and at length he did reach the south window, and he found that the curtain was most deliberately drawn on one side, and that the window was fast, so that no vagary of the wind could have accomplished the purpose. Now I'll go. I'll go at once, he said. I can't stand this any longer. I'll go and alarm the village. I'll, I'll make a disturbance of some sort. Awake, said a deep hollow voice. Will sunk upon his knees with a groan, and mechanically his eyes wandered to the direction from whence the sound came, and he saw in a pew just beneath him, and on which the moonlight now fell brightly a human form. It was lying in a strange huddled-up position in the pew, and a glance showed the experienced eyes of the sexton that it was arrayed in the vestments of the dead. He tried to speak, he tried to scream, he tried to pray, but all was in vain. Intense terror froze up every faculty of his body, and he could only kneel there with his face resting upon the front of the gallery and glare with aching eyes that would not close for a moment upon the scene below. Awake, said a deep strange voice again. Awake. It was quite clear that the voice did not come from the figure in the pew but from someone close at hand. The sexton soon saw another form, in the adjoining pew, standing upright as a statue, with one hand pointing upwards to the window. Where came in the moonlight was a tall figure, enveloped in a cloak. It was from the lips of that figure that the sound came so deeply and so solemnly. Sister, it said, be one of us. Let the cold chase moonbeams endow thee with your new and strange and horrible existence. Be one of us. Be one of us. Hours must yet elapse, ere the faint flash of morning will kill the moonbeams. There is time, sister. Awake, be one of us. There was a passing cloud that swept for an instant over the face of the moon, obscuring its radiance, and the figure let its arm fall to its side but when the silvery beams streamed into the church, it again pointed to the window. "'Tis done, she moves,' he said. "'I've fulfilled my mission. Ha, ha, ha!' The laugh was so terrific and unmirthful that it froze the very blood in the veins of Will, and he thought he was surely at the moment going mad. But still he did not close his eyes. Still he moved not from the position which he had first assumed when the horrible noise met his ears. "'Tis done,' said the figure, and the arm that had been outstretched was let fall to his side. Will Stevens looked in the pew, where he had seen what appeared to be a corpse. 
it had altered its position he saw it move and wave its arms about strangely and deep sighs came from its lips it was a dreadful sight to see but at length it rose up in the grave clothes and moved to the door of the pew the figure in the adjoining pew opened the door and stood on one side and the revivified corpse passed out slowly and solemnly it passed down the aisle it reached the door at which will stevens had entered and then it passed away from his sight the tall figure hollowed closely and will stevens was alone in the church what could he do how could he give such a sufficient alarm would the too horrible personage return or not alas poor will stevens never was an unhappy mortal sexton in such a frightful tribulation before he knelt and shook like an aspen at length a lucky thought entered his head the bell the bell he cried all at once finding his voice to the bell he sprung to his feet for what he was now about to do did not involve the necessity of going down again into the body of the church there was a narrow staircase at the corner of the gallery leading to the belfry it was up that staircase that will now struggled and tore End of chapter 212